Welcome to this Mount Pleasant Baptist Church podcast recorded at our Burgoon campus. We're glad you've joined us and we pray that the Lord will speak to you and encourage you through this message. morning everyone including our kids it's wonderful to be here with you this morning even if it is over video we're starting a new series this morning called fathers of faith and as you've already probably figured out we're focusing on Abraham today Abraham was an amazing guy that went on a pretty extraordinary journey with the Lord the video that we watched just before reminded us that God had given him an incredible promise I'm going to bless you And then I'm going to bless the whole world through you. I will make your name great and I will make you into a great nation. In other places, God told him, I'll make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. That's what God promised. And at the time, I can imagine that Abraham would have been on an absolute spiritual high. This is a a mountaintop experience. And then 25 years go by and Abraham and Sarah are old. They're not just getting old. They've made it. They're officially old and they haven't seen any of that come to fruition. I don't have any children, let alone descendants as numerous as the stars. And in their minds, that boat has sailed. Abraham is like a hundred years old. I think he's entitled to think that that kind of stuff is behind him. I mean, I read that and I can absolutely understand why they had some doubts. 25 years is a really long time. Maybe we heard wrong. Maybe God changed his mind or maybe we just messed it up. I I don't know what it is, but it just feels like we've missed out on the plans that God has for us. And then we get to Genesis chapter 15 is where we're going to be focusing mostly today. And God comes to Abraham in a vision and he reiterates that promise. And Abraham is wrestling with doubt. So he says, what can you give me? This is what he's saying to God. What can you give me since I remain childless? A servant in my household will be my heir. In other words, he's saying, I hear you, God. I really do. But have you seen my circumstances? And I love God's response. I love that God is willing to meet him right where he's at. And he says, Abraham, trust me. This man, that servant will not be your heir, but a son who is your own flesh and blood will be your heir. And then God takes him outside. And he tells him to look up at the sky and says, count the stars. If indeed you can count them, so shall your offspring be. And here's the most amazing part. Here's the key verse for us today, because we get to verse six and Abraham, it says this, Abraham believed the Lord. He believed the Lord and it was credited to him as righteousness. Despite his circumstances, Despite everything that was screaming at him, this will not happen. It cannot happen. Abraham believed. He had faith. And that faith is what we want to spend a little bit of time unpacking this morning. 
So I've got three quick points for you today. And my first one is this. Faith is more than an intellectual understanding. It's about trust. If you look up the word believe, Abraham believed the Lord. That word is aman. It means to stand firm, to trust, to believe in. And I think there's a difference between simply believing and believing in someone or something. If I believe in you, I trust you. And there's an element of risk to my belief because I'm going all in on you. And that old saying, I'm hitching my wagons to you. I think James makes it so clear. Belief as in head knowledge in and of itself isn't enough. He says in chapter two, you believe there is one God good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Abraham had so much more than just an intellectual understanding. He trusted God. Even when his circumstances said that actually he shouldn't. He believed in Yahweh, trusted him to make the impossible possible. That's the kind of faith that Abraham had. That's a man. I'm not talking about blind faith. That's not what Abraham had. Abraham's faith was built on the promises of God and a lifetime under his faithfulness, God's faithfulness. If you read Genesis chapter 12 all the way through to 15, which is where we're at today, you see God taking care of Abraham over and over again. God protected him and his family, sometimes even from the poor decisions that Abraham would make. And he fought for them, literally fought for them. God blessed him and provided for him and his entire family. And then we see God encountering Abraham again and again, speaking to him. that he might reassure him of the promises that he'd made. Abraham had a lifetime of experiences that came together to say this God can be trusted. And here's the thing. I look back at the course of my life and I see that same faithfulness. And if you've got the eyes to see, I think you'd look back and see that faithfulness as well. Because the truth is that our God can be trusted. He's faithful. So point number one, faith is about so much more than just an intellectual understanding. It's about trust. But here's point number two. Faith isn't about having all the answers and it's definitely not an absence of doubt. And I'll give you an example from Abraham's life. So for this, we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. And it says this, By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. That's the promised land. And he went out not knowing where he was going. And that's the last part, that key part right there. It's so easy to brush over that, but you've got to understand Abraham packed up his family, his entire life to step out in obedience. And he didn't even know where he was going. There's a fair bit at stake here. The cost was enormous. And there was probably a part of him that thought, Abraham, what are you doing? Are you crazy? Like you could throw away everything. And yet he he took a step 
of faith. Despite all of that, he took a step of faith. Corrie Tam Boom once said, Never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. I love that. Abraham trusted an unknown future to a known God. And then he stepped out in obedience. It's the kind of faith that he had. And sometimes we want to know everything. We want every detail. And we want to know exactly how it's going to play out before we're willing to take a step. But that's not faith. At least not in God. No, your faith is still in you and in your ability to keep everything under control. Truth is, if you're waiting for every detail, you will never take a step of faith. It's not about having all the answers. And it's definitely not an absence of doubt. You look at Genesis chapter 15, you look at the context of that key verse and you see that Abraham was really struggling to hold on to the promises of God. And it wasn't any easier for his wife, Sarah. And that's why in the very next chapter, chapter 16, she tells Abraham to start a family through her servant, Hagar. It's a very poor decision, by the way, and it had enormous cost, serious consequences for that decision. But that's a decision that came from a place of doubt. How is this actually going to work out? That's why in chapter 18, when the angels appear to them and say, a year from now, you're going to have a son. She laughs. She laughs at them. And then she goes on to say this. How could a worn out woman like me enjoy such a pleasure, especially when my husband is also so old? I think it's fair to say that Sarah had some doubt. Both her and Abraham were grappling with genuine questions. And yet they chose to believe. To put their trust in God despite their doubt. And so we get to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 11, and it says this, By faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was enabled to bear children because she considered him faithful who had made the promise. She considered him faithful. This is someone who didn't always get it right, but in the end, Sarah chose to trust in the faithfulness of God and the promises of God. That he'd made. It reminds me of Mark chapter 9 and the story of a father whose son is possessed by an impure spirit. You might remember the story. He's in the crowd and he yells out and Jesus turns to him and, and this is what he says to Jesus. He says, if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. And Jesus says, if I can, Everything is possible for the one who believes. So what does the father say? I believe, help me in my unbelief. One of the most key statements on faith in all of scripture. I believe, help me in my unbelief. Believe, Jesus, I really do. But there's a part of me that's struggling. There's a part of me that actually really isn't sure how this is going to work out. And I'm asking you to help me even in that. Jesus says, yep, that's, that's enough for me. 
That's raw and honest and genuine faith. And so he heals the boy. I believe Jesus helped me in my unbelief. It's not about having all the answers. And it's definitely not an absence of doubt, which brings us to point number three. Faith without works is dead. Or to put it another way, if your faith doesn't change the way that you live your life at all, it's not genuine faith. James makes that so clear. You can say what you like, but genuine faith can be seen. And it'll work itself out in the way that you live your life. That's why he challenges us and says, show me your faith without deeds and I'll show you my faith by my deeds. That's a challenge. Go ahead, show me and I'll show you my faith by my deeds. Now, we're not talking about a works-based salvation. We're saved by grace, the unmerited favor and kindness of God, by grace through faith. But as Martin Luther once said, we're saved by faith alone, but the faith that saves is never alone. The faith that saves is never alone. So James even goes on to use Abraham as an example. And he says, was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? So you see that his faith and his actions were working together. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God, that word man, and it was accredited to him as righteousness. And he was called God's friend. We're going to get back to that God's friend. You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith that is alone. Why? Because genuine faith is never alone. It's always accompanied by a changed life. And we see that in Abraham's life. He didn't just say that he trusted God. He stepped out in faith. Stepped into the unknown, trusting that God knew what he didn't. He believed. Even when his circumstances told him not to, he stepped out in faith again and again. And his life was radically changed as a result. He was blessed by God enormously. Because what underpins all of this is the sure reality that our God is faithful. He never goes back on his promises. He never fails. He's faithful. Question is, do you believe that? I do. I believe that. And I think we see that most clearly on the cross. Way back at the beginning, remember the promise? This is what God said to Abraham. I will bless you. I'll make you into a great nation. I'll make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. But through you, I'm going to do something even better. I'm going to bless the world. We look back now and we see how Jesus so beautifully fulfilled that promise. The God of the universe took on flesh and dwelt among us. Standing in the line of Abraham, Jesus was the means by which God extended his grace, his mercy, his love and his faithfulness to the world. 
And that didn't happen in Abraham's lifetime. In fact, it didn't happen for centuries. It's just this great reminder that God's timing is not always our timing, but our God is faithful. He did exactly what he said he would. He blessed the world. He blessed us. And he did it on the cross. Because on the cross, he took our sin, our shame, and he made a way for us like Abraham, to walk in friendship with God. We might be called God's friend, just like Abraham was. So we're going to finish this morning by entering into a time of communion. And I want to encourage you right now just to spend a minute or two reflecting on the sacrifice of Jesus. Spending some time reflecting on his faithfulness and the security of his promises. The gift that it is to be God's friend and to walk with him each and every day. And then when you're ready, eat and drink in remembrance of him. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for the sacrifice that you made on the cross. If not for you and the love that you have for us that drove you to lay down your life, we would not be here. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for the promises that you've given us. And thank you that we know and we can have faith and trust that they are secure. The yes and amen in Jesus, because you always deliver. We look at the life of Abraham. We see how much you blessed him, Father. And we see how ultimately you on the cross were the greatest fulfillment of the promise that you'd given him way back at the beginning. We thank you, Jesus, for the plans and purposes that you have. That you continue to work for our good. We honor you this morning. We bless your name. What a privilege it is to walk with you and to be called a friend of God. We honor you for that and lift up the name of Jesus. And all God's people said, Amen. Thank you for joining us. We would love to hear from you. If you would like prayer, please submit a prayer request at mounties.org.au forward slash prayer or send an email to communications at mounties.org.au and one of our team will be in contact. Have a great week.